Listener Production. But I've got to do the gist of me, do I? Or do you introduce me? Yes, we've got to do the intros to begin with. Hello, Gistners. Welcome back for another episode of Just the Gist, a weekly-ish podcast in which ordinarily Rosie Waterland and I give you just the gist of what you need to know about a story we think we will find interesting enough to discuss at a dinner party. And as you all know, Rosie's been taking a little bit of a break to take care of her health. So we've had some sensational special guest hosts coming on board and we have our very first international guest host. He's just flown in from the States. Please welcome Mr. Amos Gill. Yes, I have flown in from the States, but that is, let's caveat that and say I am from Adelaide. Yes. You said international. People were hoping it was like some scholar from Oxford or maybe there was a guy who's come from a proper American. You are an Adelaide boy. And yes, of course, you will maintain that beautiful humility all throughout your career, Mm. but you've made it. I've, I've absolutely made it. You've shot off to Hollywood. As You're I told in- you before we started recording, I got platinum uh, Qantas and platinum velocity. So as far oh, as international dream people go, I'm nailing life. <laughs> well, congratulations. Oh, thank you, mate. <laughs> thank you. Uh, a lot of our gistners have heard about you. We've discussed how much we enjoy your work see, on this pod I before. I see both of you a lot at my... Yes. We're backstage. You guys have come to my shows, gym shows, when Rosie's doing shows. Mm. We're always sort of paired up together. We have some good green room chats. Yes. And uh, and I'm finally here. Yay. Well, yeah, Rosie and I, big, big fans of yours. Um, for the uninitiated, can you please give us just the gist of who you are and what you do? I'm an Australian comedian. Mm-hmm. I do stand-up comedy. I was once a radio personality in Adelaide. Mm-hmm. That came to a uh, an end. I, in the press release, said I was moving on to try other things, uh-huh. but realistically the ratings had begun to dwindle okay. and I looked for an exit <laughs> and said that I had to move to America. So I, I built an American stand-up career to avoid the shame of being sacked by uh, Hit 107 of Adelaide. Anything and now I have an American face. career to save face. <laughs> saving face gets a bad rap, but saving face <laughs> for me made me move to another country and pursue stand-up. And now I tour America doing stand-up comedy. I was a, I was a, a lawyer. For a period of time. I didn't know that. Yes, I was for... Um, wow. I did a law degree over 10 years and yeah. in COVID I practiced law again because I couldn't did do you? comedy. Yes. Really? I What's did. a law? I was in criminal law. Mm-hmm. Yes. I worked mainly in people who were drug dealers. Prosecuting or defending? Oh, no, defending and uh-huh. uh, trying to get some of uh, Adelaide's finest people back on the streets and providing <laughs> some good times. <laughs> Doing God's work. <laughs> to, to other artists. <laughs> So and I did do that for a period, yeah. So that's 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 my gist. Are you loving life over in America? Is it what you expected? You know, I, this is an interesting thing. I've been talking. I'm doing a show at the moment about happiness, mm. and I've realised one thing, which is that uh, I have always believed that I would be so much happier when I got there because it's the mecca of stand-up comedy. Mm. It's where you go, and I was like, oh, I can't be happy in Australia. It's the industry's too small, and I don't want to be on the bloody project or writing kids' books, which mm. is what comedians do now, because mm-hmm. there's not enough stand-up comedy. And I was like, happiness for me is in America. Uh-huh. And then I got there, and I'm, you know, I have bouts of depression there. And then I go, it's because London is where I am. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then I go to London, and then I'm like, it's cold and yeah, it's yeah. grey, and I'm depressed again. Mm. And then I've started to realise uh, my favourite quote ever about mm. this is everywhere I went. There I was, uh-huh. which is you, you're always there yeah. with yourself. Yeah, yeah. And the location, unless you you get happy mm. with where you're at, what you're doing, yep. the location ends up just being some sort of background mm. with different fast food restaurants. That's all it is. It's just different scenery yep. and everything becomes normal. I, I, I like America. I like the challenge of it. It's fucking insane. Yeah. I like doing stand-up comedy there. It's a respected art form. Mm. It's not here. If you're a stand-up comedian in Australia, you go on the Melbourne Gala, 
you do a fringe festival like a freak show. Mm. It's not like part of our grand culture. No one mm. really, no one walks around in bars going, who's your top five comedians of all time? You uh -huh. know, George Carlin, you know, Truth Teller, Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor. It's not really a thing here. Mm -hmm. And so I do love the fact that I'm over there and you're performing with some of the best. Yep. And so there is this nice feeling of, can I cut it here? Uh -huh. If I can, I might be half okay at this. Uh -huh. Cool. All right, let's jump in with two truths and a lie to get okay. to know you a little bit better. Are you ready? Yes, I am. Take okay. it away. I have a 100% record of winning trials as a criminal defence lawyer. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Number two. After performing at a comedy club in Cabo San Lucas in Mexico, I went to a Mexican house party, mm. and while in a dirt dance circle, I was pressured into trying a woman's breast milk <gasps> because I was told it would be culturally insensitive to not <laughs> do so. <laughs> As at this party on the full moon, any pregnant mother squirts her breast milk on visitors' faces. <laughs> and me, as an Anthony Bourdain-esque figure, uh -huh. I wanted to take part. And so she shot her boob milk into my open mouth. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Number three. In 2017, on a flight to the Bahamas mm. with three friends on a golf trip mm. to the Bahama Resort mm -hmm. in Nassau, I was on a seaplane and the pilot had an in-flight emergency and lost consciousness, Ooh. and me and a couple of other people had to shake him to get him back to consciousness, which is a place that I thought I was truly going to die. Oh. Okay, so we've got... Do you guys guess that now, which one is... Yep. Based on okay. what you've given us so far, each of us is going to cast our vote. Uh, all right, so we've got lawyer, 100% success rate. Mm. How many years were you working as a lawyer? I was working as a lawyer for six months in COVID. That's all. That's, That's all. all. Couldn't do it. So I, I worked okay. on it on, on some trials with a friend as his junior barrister. Okay. How many trials? How many trials did I work on? I worked on three. Three. Mm. Okay. So three for three. It's feasible. Yeah. Uh, the breast milk thing, I've never heard of that, but I've not been to Mexico myself. <laughs> Have you, Lindsay? I've never been to Mexico, never drunk breast milk, so I don't mm. know the customs. Uh, and then we've got the shaking the pilot awake. Uh, I'm going to go with the lawyer one is a lie because maybe one of those three, you didn't get your client off. Uh, well, I got the client off. I just didn't win the case. Oh, <laughs> hey, oh, come on, babe, come on, people. Hey! <laughs> I'm going to say the lawyer is correct just because of the number of cases. Low. It's yeah. realistic to think like three for three. Mm. I'll say the pilot story is a lie. They did both. Number two and number three made me a bit suspicious mm. just because there was quite a bit of detail a in there. Detail. And sometimes when people chuck in a lot of detail, <laughs> it's to try to cover up the fact they're being dishonest. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to stick with my choice. It is number three. Number three is the lie. It is the lie. Uh-huh. Okay, so breast would you like was to know true. The, would you like to know the truth of this, though? Yes, please. Uh, he did lose consciousness and the autopilot, uh, not the autopilot, the, his co-pilot actually just took over for him. Okay. And it was no, it was very worrying for a period of time because mm -hmm. you can see these guys flying mm. and he had some kind of like fit, coughing fit, and he lost consciousness oh. and then the other guy kind of got him back. Uh -huh. We stayed in our seats. I didn't have the courage to walk forward and be like, I'll fix this fella. <laughs> the other guy, and then we, had, we did an emergency landing on a seaplane. Very terrifying. Now, the, the titty milk. <laughs> Which I know we're all interested in, not this plain story that I've made up. The titty milk was, I mean, I just, I was hammered. Mm. 
I did a show. They took me back to this party and then they were like, oh, she's, <laughs> this lady, she's, uh, she wants to feed you her breast milk. It's <laughs> like a, and they were like, it's a, it's, it's a thing that people do. Sure did. It, yep. it wasn't. Mm. It was a, a group of sick fucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 I thought it would be funny. <laughs> and I'm a moron. And I was just like, well, went in carbo, <laughs> as they say. And this lady just squeezed the tit. And it just like hit me. And it was like very watery, it was water milky. Ugh. And it was just, it was, it was just horrific. And I felt so ashamed afterwards when they all started laughing and they were just like, you got titty milk in your face. Man, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was odd. It was truly odd. Anyway. People are bizarre. So they were locals. They were locals. They were, they were uh-huh. locals who came to see the comedy show. Uh-huh. And then they invited me back to a party and they were just degenerates. Oh, and I love that you were just too polite. I've got them on decline. Instagram still, so just in case I've ever got a hankering oh. <laughs> for, a, for another little meal. They're not too far away from your new home. Um, and congratulations as a lawyer, three for three. Yeah, I mean, I did fuck all. I just got him really in the water. You know, you know, have you seen The Castle? Yes, of course. Yeah, you know mm. how uh, Dennis Denudo helps the actual barrister and he just writes down. My Got job it. was to like kind of get him water uh-huh. and I would write some <laughs> notes, but maybe with three for three. And then charge how much per hour? Well, I was, I was doing it to pro bono. Oh, stop. Yeah. Getting drug dealers off. Yeah, oh. you have to do it pro bono. But the, the, my, it was my gift to the city oh. yeah, because um, I, did, I did find out later on that uh, the ecstasy was very good <laughs> that summer. <laughs> You're welcome, yeah, well, You're welcome, Adelaide. A service was served. Well, congratulations, Lindsay. Thank you. Another no, well win done. for you. Uh, and Amos has very generously offered to tell us the gist of a story that he finds particularly interesting that I know nothing about now, and I'm keen to devour. I'm a little worried about this because like the seaplane, I'm the captain of this mm-hmm. and I, I don't know whether we're going to land. <laughs> you may have to shake me up and take <laughs> over. Um, do, you know, do people normally lead this? We've had a few people who've said, I'm keen to to tell a story. Well, like I mentioned to you earlier, um, always been a history nerd. Mm. I've spent a lot of my time just watching documentaries or reading strange Mm -hmm. books. And like any man who's approaching his middle ages, I'm only 31, but, Mm -hmm. you know, it's getting there. It's a lot of World War II, a lot of the Nazis. Uh Grew up obsessed with the Nazis because Uh the Nazis, just cut it there and let's just leave it. If we could just play that with um, maybe some Wagner underneath. Uh, the, the Nazis were, when you're a kid, they're the best villains in any movie mm. because it's immediately the insignia, the swastika, mm. uh, they're impossibly evil, they're impossibly rich. Mm. You, you don't have to set up why they're doing it. You just know that they stand for a evil regime. Oh, just stuff, nothing. the accent and the uniform yeah. and we already understand. It's, yep. it's great. And so yep. Indiana Jones was my favourite I was going movies to as ask, a kid. yes. I had I one, one of those VHS and I, I had the collection of the Indiana Jones movies and mm-hmm. I owned, didn't like the one with Short Round. I didn't mind that one, the Temple, Temple of, of Doom. Doom yeah. Temple of Doom, fine, mm-hmm. but no Nazis. Mm. It was a man who went, Kalima, Kalima, yeah. <laughs> and he tried to pull out a guy, a guy, the, the hearts. Yeah. Do you know what we're talking about, Lindsay? Yeah, have you seen that, Lindsay? Never seen them. Oh, get out of town. Really? No. Oh, you surprise and disappoint me every <laughs> single week. So... The ones with the Nazis were great because I always found it interesting that, yes, they were always on the hunt for items of the occult, mm. the Nazi party, in those movies. And mm. I think, well, this is a fanciful idea mm-hmm. where they would try and find the cup of life, the Holy Grail, mm-hmm. and, you know, they could drink from the Holy Grail and then Hitler would live forever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I remember thinking, oh, wow, you know, that's a crazy story. And you wanted to believe that it was true. Uh, mm. These relics actually exist and they're out there and the Nazis actually did it. And then quite recently I've been doing a lot of reading on this topic uh-huh. and I'm going to tell you the story of the Holy Lance, Ooh. a.k.a. the Spear of Destiny. Have you ever heard of this before? I've heard of The Pick of Destiny, which was that... A wonderful film with Jack Black. Jack Black, yes. Uh, I have not heard of The Spear of Destiny, no. Okay, so The Spear of Destiny. I'll I'll start this story by saying last year I was doing gigs in Vienna Mm -hmm. and I had some time to kill, so I went to a place called the Schatzkammer, which is the which means treasury in German, Mm -hmm. at the Schatzkammer. Shout-outs to the Austrian people. They have my favourite soft drink. It's called Almdudler. Yes, I had, remember um, that. Have you ever had Almdudler? I have, yes. Almdudler is a wonderful mm-hmm. lemonade mm. with not so much sugar. <laughs> so I was having an Almdudler mm. and a Zuckertort, and uh, I was having a wonderful day, and I went to the Schatzkammer because I'd done some reading mm. with my fascinations with the Nazis and the occult about this item called the Spear of Destiny. Uh-huh. Now, we'll go to the beginning of the story of the Spear of Destiny. It's called mm-hmm. the Holy Lance, the Lance of Longinus, Mm-hmm. or the Holy Spear. Mm-hmm. And this story begins with Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. You've heard of Jesus Christ? Lens? Rings a bell. <laughs> heard of that You're one. Familiar <laughs> You're familiar with this fella? <laughs> well, this guy, he walked on water. Uh, he, he, you know, he made more loaves of bread than there were. Mm. He was a magician. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. He's, mm. he's sentenced to death. He's crucified. Brutal way to go. Mm. He's, so he's on the cross and he wasn't, he wasn't dying quick enough. Mm-hmm. So when people were not dying fast enough, what the Romans would do is they would go and someone's job was to break the legs of the person with the cross so that their weight was less supported and so (gasps) they would start to drown in the blood of their own lungs. Horrible. Okay, I actually wrote it down. It's called called crurifragrium. It was a common thing. They were like, Uh all right, mate, we've got to use this cross for another guy that stole. (laughs) You're slowing us down. Like, we get it, you don't want to die, but you're going to die anyway. It's a snap leg. So they send this guy called Longinus, mm-hmm. who was a Roman centurion soldier, mm-hmm. to break Jesus' legs. Uh-huh. And he gets there, and Jesus is dead. Mm-hmm. Right, so he didn't actually last that long. He'd, he'd passed away in the time that the order had come down. Mm-hmm. And to check whether Jesus was actually dead, this Roman centurion with his spear mm-hmm. stabbed it into the side of Jesus Christ. Oh. In okay. his torso. Which also, not like, I know they didn't like Jesus. You know, the Romans, they'd sent him to death. But like, you could have just checked for breath. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Tickle him. Like, just put your hand there. Like, are the lungs moving? Is there, is there a pulse? Poke with a stick. Yeah. Like when you see a dead bird in the park when you're a kid and you poke mm-hmm. it. Like, is it alive? No, he just goes straight in with the spear uh-huh. and, it, and it explodes Jesus. And blood oh. and water flies out and it hits Longinus in the face. Ugh. Sprays Longinus, which, by the way, that name, Longinus, does, it sounds like a, an STD. A condition. Yeah. yeah, I've got Longinus because mm. of a trip to Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> so, Something squirted me in the face. <laughs> so Jesus', Jesus blood goes all over the, Longinus' face, mm. and Longinus was partially blind. Mm-hmm. But within hours, Longinus could see clearly for the first time, mm. and he was, he was blown away. That he was blind, but this man's... Blood has cured his blindness. Uh-huh. And so instead of loathing Jesus Christ, he became one of the great converts of Christ. He's now a saint because uh-huh. with that spear, he actually turned away from the Roman Empire and became a Christian. Uh-huh. And he joined in. Right. And that spear is called the God Killer. It had oh. Jesus' blood on it. Uh-huh. And so all of the followers of Christ would hold onto this spear and say, it is, it is anointed with his blood. Mm-hmm. It is a powerful spear, and anyone who wields this spear uh-huh. will rule the world. Uh-huh. For God 
it has taken the life of a god. Uh-huh. And so only a future god can wield it. Oh. So this is the story of the spear, right? So uh-huh. Longinus, he ends up being murdered. The Romans are like, we've fucking had enough of this guy. They didn't like mm-hmm. Christians. So Longinus gets the, gets the boot. Was now, he the first Christian? Or not the Jesus first. Disciples. He had his disciples, yeah. yeah. But he was, a, he was a martyr. Uh-huh. Okay, so some time goes. What happens to the spear? It's held on by Jesus' followers. It's a, it's a, a treasure that they hold on to. Mm-hmm. I turn my page. It goes missing for a long period of time, and then it's found in Africa by a centurion soldier called Maurice. Uh-huh. He's now known as Saint Maurice, and he was the first ever knight. Uh-huh. Now, Maurice was an okay soldier. He gets this spear, and all of a sudden, he's winning campaign after campaign. Uh-huh. He has this spear, and it's unbelievable the power that he's able to wield. Uh-huh. He wins battle after battle, and people think, how is he able to do this? He's uniting people. Mm-hmm. He's getting a huge amount of Christian followers. He says, I have the spear of Christ in my hands. Uh-huh. Now, the emperor at the time doesn't like this because he's not a Christian. Uh-huh. He asks this man, Maurice, to murder some Christians who have had an uprising. Mm-hmm. He refuses to do it. 6,000 soldiers are put to death. Mm-hmm. The emperor takes the spear, holds it up, and he's like, I hold the spear of destiny. I'm the emperor. Uh-huh. Okay. And he's Goes, a pagan. He's a pagan. But he's believing but he's, that the But he's spear taken the their power, spear. He's essentially rubbing in their face saying, here's your spear. Okay. Okay. Now- Another story comes out about the spear around this time, which is if you hold the spear, you're incredibly powerful. Mm. The moment you give the spear away or you drop the spear, you will die. Like the spirit stick and bring it on. <gasps> it is the spirit stick. <laughs> Excellent <laughs> reference, Lindsay. You've redeemed yourself. <laughs> One movie I have seen. <laughs> so you hold this bloody spear, you've got a lot of power, but the moment if you, if you leave it out of your control, yeah. the prophecy becomes you will die almost instantly. So then it goes missing again. We don't hear much about it until mm-hmm. a guy by the name of Constantine. Mm-hmm. You, you, are you aware of Emperor An Constantine? Emperor, yes. So Constantine is the first Roman emperor that decides to become a Christian. Uh-huh. And then not only that, like a lot of God-bothering people, mm-hmm. he reckons everyone else has to do it as well. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Very yeah, you got to recruit. Very frustrating. Yeah. You know, like everyone else was happy with their pagan rituals. Mm-hmm. And then he was just like, no, 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 no. And he... He, he makes everyone a, a Christian. And Why did he convert? I'm not sure what it, what it was that made him convert, but he, his mother paid some attention to it as well and she started to become interested in Christianity uh-huh. and there might have been some influence going on over there, but uh-huh. he, he liked the teachings of Christ. And then he got the spear. Uh-huh. And Emperor Constantine became this great warlord uh-huh. and he built Constantinople, mm-hmm. which is now Istanbul. Mm-hmm. And there's all these huge victories. And then the Roman Empire... Collapses. Mm-hmm. Spear goes missing again. Mm-hmm. It has a way of doing that. And then we have the Dark Ages. Mm-hmm. After the Dark Ages, we have a guy called Charlemagne. Uh-huh. Have you heard of Charlemagne? The name is familiar, but I have zero idea when it comes to the context. So, Can I just ask before you answer? Yes. Uh, tell us more about Charlemagne. Were there images captured of the always paintings? Okay, and they were consistent. Yes. Now that that and that guy um, Longinus, who we spoke about, he's mm-hmm. actually in the Vatican. There's like carvings of him uh-huh. and there's statues and there's paintings, always pictures of this spear. And mm-hmm. it's a pretty it's a pretty mediocre looking spear at the beginning. But mm-hmm. if you look at it in the museum now, it has a gold sheath around it. It has engravings. Mm-hmm. Now, Constantine's mother, she said she found one of the nails from the crucifixion. Mm-hmm. And so she cut the spear in half and inserted the nail. And then the spear was tied up. And so it has the nail in it. And then it also has the spear bits on it. So it's extra special. Extra special. It's got mm. the nail that went through Jesus' hand in it, mm. which tends to be what happens with the spear. Everyone who owns it pimps it out. 
right? And it, keep, it keeps getting more and more decorations as it grows along. You mm-hmm. do a basic spear and now it's getting... It's getting way more beautiful as time goes on. Uh-huh. So this Charlemagne guy, after the Dark Ages, we went from having like a Roman em- emper- uh, mm-hmm. empire, which was this enormous landmass all under one control, and then it breaks up into the Eastern Roman Empire, which is based still out of Constantinople, mm-hmm. you know, your, your Turkish Greek regions. Mm-hmm. And then we have what was the Western Roman Empire, it just goes into like warring tribes of Germanic peoples, and Charlemagne is the guy that tries to build it all back together. Uh-huh. He becomes like a king that says, you know what, we need to have a Roman Empire again. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be the leader. And he starts to win all these battles. Mm-hmm. And everyone's thinking, what's going on? Why is he Why is he wielding such power? He's getting all these followers. Well, it's because he has this spear. Uh-huh. And he holds the spear and he says, I'm going to put back the Roman Empire. I'm the emperor and I am like the voice of God. Mm-hmm. And people see the spear and they're like, fucking, he's not messing around. <laughs> he's got the spear. Uh-huh. Which it must be, yeah, it, it is um, in that time, I guess, if you saw that spear, you would be amazed yeah. that this guy gets the world that. So he puts it together. <sighs> if you're the superstitious type. Yeah. If you're the superstitious <laughs> type, right? He has a battle. He's riding. Mm. He's holding his spear. He drops it. Uh-huh. It accidentally falls out of his Uh-oh. hand. <gasps> Dead. Instantly. Gets just, killed. Oh. After decisive victory, after decisive victory, 47 wins in a row, oh. he drops the spear and unfortunately for Charlemagne, he's killed. So people start to think, oh, no, this is true. Oh, well, you can't argue with those numbers. No. Right. There's, I mean, if you hold it, you win. If you mm. drop it, you die. Statistically, it's fact. So then there's an array of the Holy Roman Empire. Mm. There's this some guy called Otto, fucking Charles. They get the spear, they move it to um, Nuremberg, mm. all right, and it's used in coronation. So it becomes a thing when you become the king of the Holy Roman Empire. You know how they get like one day, they get to put all the nice stuff out? Mm-hmm. That's what kings get to do. Like the queen wasn't walking around every day with the crown and yeah, the robes. Yeah. They keep it Special in some treasure, which yeah. I don't get. Mm. If you were a, a king, why wouldn't you adorn yourself all day every day with your jewels? Or do you think you'd be a more laid-back, casual king? I think you'd want to keep it special. You would want We've to, all got on the, certain on the right items days. that we like to right. whip out, you know, when you really want to dress to impress. What's that for you? Uh, I haven't done it for a really long time, so I don't really know, but I guess like weddings and those sorts of right, occasions. Right. You pull what the, about the, f- like the tux. Yeah. What about for you? You know, I used to be, I used to love to dress nicely. Yeah. Uh, and then, I don't, you know what, when I was, I was one of those absolute dickheads mm. who would wear, I would wear like a blazer and a vest to year nine house parties. <laughs> I, I loved, because I used to, fuck, I was a dork. I'd be like, everyone else is wearing cool young person stuff. I used to like put on a suit, mm. go to the house party and sit with the mums and drink wine with them. And they'd be like, oh, you're such a good boy. Get out. Because I was always I was always horny for the mums. <laughs> I love, because everyone would be out there like, oh, I want to hook up with Renee. Yeah. I hope I can hook up with Renee tonight. I'm like, Renee, she's not a developed woman. <laughs> I'm like, Renee sucks. I'm like, Renee's mum, now that's a woman of grace. Renee's mum keeps the household together. She works in the law like she's hot. I had the biggest mum, and so I'd sit with the mums and I'd wear a jacket and I'd swill wine and, mm. you know, the guys are out there doing UDLs and I'd be like, oh, you're seeing the guys out there with a the UDL? Like a bunch of savages, aren't they? And the mums would be like, oh, I don't know what they're up to. And I'd go, oh, neither do I, you know. Oh. But how's this my life? <laughs> this is, this, oh, there's tannins on that, you know. Loved it. Oh, I love cheese, man. Can't get it. And you know what? Blue cheese. I don't have any of that craft singles crap. I'm a, I'm a sophisticated young chap. 
But now I'm a, I'm a fucking slob. Uh-huh. I've gone the other way. Now all my friends are merchant bankers and they're wearing lovely suits. Uh-huh. And I've got jeans with holes in them and like just black T-shirts. You're Benjamin, Benjamin Button. Yeah, I've just gone, I've, you know what? I've done my period of time wanting to dress nice. Uh-huh. I'm over that now. Uh-huh. But not these. Uh, what I'm saying about these kings is uh-huh. they also, like me, I think quite scummy uh-huh. and they would only dress up on the special occasions. Mm-hmm. And the spear was the major bit. They would hold the spear and they would say, look at me. Ta-da. I got a spear. <laughs> now, this is where the spear starts to be dipped in. They wrap it in gold. Oh. So it's getting a bit gauche. Uh-huh. A bit Euro trash. They've, they've wrapped, 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 Euro mm. trash. They've wrapped it in gold. They put all these adornments onto it. And then it goes to the guy called Barbarossa. Mm-hmm. Barbarossa, is, his name was Friedrich Barbarossa, uh-huh. which is the first Reich. Oh, okay. Yeah, so uh-huh. he's... He's like a German king mm-hmm. and Barbarossa wins battle after battle after battle and then he's crossing a river mm-hmm. with his troops and he drops the spear and he was dead within an hour. Oh, again, we've got a pattern. So now we're, we've got a few leaders here mm. who have had the spear and they've dropped the spear and so this is where it becomes extraordinarily well known mm-hmm. that you better hold on to that spear. Mm-hmm. Where is drive. It's moved to Nuremberg. It's locked away. Uh-huh. It's like, it's actually, it's an astonishing thing. If you have remotely interested in this, um, the job I'm doing telling it, you're probably not. <laughs> but you want to look up the Holy Spear mm. because it was like an Ocean's Eleven movie, uh-huh. the way they would hide. So the spear was put into a chest, mm. a back, basically like a diamond chest in like a church, and it was hanging in the air. So if uh-huh. you tried to break in, you had to get it from an advanced pulley system that was swinging in a case. Ah. Yeah. And on the bottom of the case, they had a, they'd done a hand drawing of the spear because uh-huh. they were like, people still want to see the spear. Okay. <laughs> like, we don't want to take away them looking at it. Yeah. We don't want them to actually see it, but they can look at a drawing of Artist the spear. Yeah. So it's up there and it's hanging. Uh-huh. Now, the story sort of stops here. It's just locked away. Classic rich person keeps his jewels mm-hmm. so no one can see them. Yep. And no the Holy Roman toys. Emperor is doing well. Mm-hmm. And then there's this guy called Napoleon Bonaparte. Uh-huh. Now, the French Revolution happens, 1789. Mm-hmm. Napoleon Bonaparte, he's from Corsica. He's not, my, he's, he's not from a high-born family. Mm. He rises through the ranks. He puts down a counter-revolutionaries. I love the French Revolution period. Uh-huh. Are, you a, are you a fan of this? I know very, very, very little. I Palace of Versailles? And yes, have glorious. Been, have you been I there? have been there. Stunning. You do go to the Palace of Versailles mm. and you look at how beautiful it is and the Baroque you know, designs and the mm. gold everywhere and you think, I'd, I'd fucking, I'd kill the people that lived in this yeah. also. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you're eating mouldy bread every day, if you saw that. You, you, off with their heads. Off yes. with their heads yep. for sure. Mm. Okay, so Napoleon starts to build power and on his mission to become, he wants to become an emperor as well. It's not enough for him to now lead France. Mm. He goes on a mission and he sets his sights on Nuremberg because mm-hmm. in his mind for him to become the emperor. Mm-hmm. And this is in 1796. If he's going to have legitimacy in all of Europe, there's only one thing that's going to give it for him, uh-huh. and that is the spear of destiny. Of course. And so the Germans at this time are like, shit, Napoleon's coming. If he gets this, he'll rule the world. Mm-hmm. And this little tyrant with this spear is going to be unbeatable. Uh-huh. So they put the spear in a fish cart, uh-huh. and a fishmonger goes all the way from Nuremberg to where it is now in Vienna. Get out. So they make this giant journey. They hide it in the guts of a fish. <gasps> <laughs> and and it, it's stopped by soldiers and they're like, oh, it's just a little fishmonger. Uh-huh. And it makes its way to its resting place of Vienna. Uh-huh. And that's where the Habsburgs are, uh-huh. which is the royal family over there. Mm-hmm. And they buy the spear and they say, we'll hold on to it. Uh-huh. 
And while this Napoleon guy's around, we'll keep it safe for you. Uh-huh. When we beat him, you can have it back in your Of course. <laughs> we just got to hold on to it. We'll happily hand it back to its rightful owner. Don't worry. Why would we want to hang on to the most powerful object in the entire universe? It's not even our the thing. God killer. The gold's a bit much. <laughs> so we don't, it's not really our style. It doesn't fit into what we're doing. We've got a shiny hat. Not our And Yeah, we've got one of those swinging, have you know those balls with the cross on it that they, the swinging incense? We're more into mm, that stuff. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So your spear doesn't impress us much, mm-hmm. but if we have to. So. Napoleon loses at the Battle of Waterloo. Mm. He's no longer a threat. And the people from Nuremberg are like, oh, there's that, um, <laughs> that spear. Mm-hmm. They're wanting to put that back. Mm-hmm. And the Habsburgs essentially say, yeah, come and get it. Mm-hmm. How you doing? <laughs> it's, we got it now. And you it's, want to come and claim it? It actually, you know what? It's grown in us. Mm. We, we, the goal is, it's actually not, it's nice. Mm. And so we're going to put it into the Schatzkammer, mm-hmm. which is the treasury, and it's a museum called the Hofburg, mm-hmm. and it's going to stay there and it's going to show the power of Austria mm-hmm. and it'll make Vienna a place where people will come from all around the world. Now, around this time, in fact, for about 500 years there, mm. that was how you made your city a place that people would visit. So religion was the biggest business in town where people would pay to go and see it mm-hmm. because they want to see the spear of Christ. And so... Mm. People would walk from all over the world and you would make an absolute fortune. Mm. Classic religion being abused Mm -hmm. for people to make money. And so if you held the spear, you had a legitimacy to do that. Mm. So a lot of people were saying, come look at the spear and for, you know, 50 pieces of silver, Mm. we'll also talk to the big man. Mm. And uh, if if you're going to hell, you're not anymore Mm. because you've paid us. So they wanted to hold it for that reason. Mm -hmm. And then in 1909... There's a young man who is uh, homeless. Mm-hmm. He's a painter. Mm-hmm. He's uh, from a small town in Austria mm-hmm. and he's moved to Vienna, which is the big city. Mm-hmm. He's the kid from Wollongong. <laughs> he's moved to Sydney. Uh-huh. Okay. Are we talking house painter or like he's, he makes, he makes canvases. Uh-huh. He, he wants to be He wants to be a painter. He's uh-huh. just been kicked out of art school. He didn't get into art school. Oh, and I so, know exactly who you're talking about. Is he a vegetarian? He, he's a vegetarian. <laughs> How many testicles does he have? <laughs> I think he had the one. Powerful one, though. Of course. Powerful ball. So he is at this point, he's doing like landmark paintings. Mm. You know those people when you go to Europe and they'll do like a caricature drawing of you? Yep, yep. He did like the early 1900s version of that, which Uh you do like a mediocre picture of a bridge. Uh And be like, give me some bread. I'm starving. (laughs) That's what Hitler was. Uh He was one of those crap painters. And he was wandering around with nothing to do. And what do you do when you're poor? And in a city, you go to the, I used to go to the museum all the time. Mm. It's like the free thing you get to do. Mm. So Hitler goes to the museum and he's taken on one of his walks by this spear. Uh-huh. It's this long spear. It's wrapped up. It's got a nail in the middle of it. And it's got gold sheathing of it. Mm-hmm. And Hitler, who's walking around looking at the artwork to get inspiration, says that he hears something talking to him. Uh-huh. He hears a voice. Uh-huh. And the voice calls out and says, come here. Uh-huh. And he follows the voice mm. and it takes him to the spear. Uh-huh. He looks at the spear and he says uh, when he's staring into the spear that it tells him that he must take over the world. Of course. The spear talks, this strange, weird little spear in the corner says, you are destined for greatness. Mm -hmm. If you take me, you will take the world. Now, he's not even thinking at this. He just wants to be an artist. He's like, what are you... What am I? I'm just some kid who paints. Mm, mm. But it keeps saying to him, your destiny is to show the world. He says he goes into a near fit. Uh-huh. He has a friend who he, he says this to. And the guy's written a book about it. We'll add the references later. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he said, Hitler said to his friend that he had all these visions. Mm. Like he for weeks, 
ever since he saw the spear, he saw these visions of him conquering the entire world uh-huh. and it changed his entire life. All he could think about was the spear. Okay. So we, we know this guy called Adolf Hitler. He starts to rise to power. Mm. And, and the Nazi party are obsessed with the occult. So Yes. That surprised me so much when I found out now. Amazing. So there's this, one of the guys is called Dietrich Eckhart, mm. who is like Hitler's mentor. He finds Hitler. Hitler is um, in the trenches of World War I. The Germans are humiliated. They lose after the armistice. Mm-hmm. Hitler said that while he was in a trench, a voice, the same voice mm. as the spear, said, move. And so mm-hmm. he, he moved. Mm. He ran to the left. And then a shell exploded uh-huh. because the spear was looking out for him because the spear said, you need to come and take me. Uh-huh. This is things that he said to his friends. And they're, they're all verified, of course. They're all verified. Mm. So all these occultists, this is what they say gave Hitler his power, was that people were very interested in the occult. Mm. And the occult back then was like a lot of rituals, you know, grandiose, like the, mm-hmm. everything about like the Nazi party. If you look at like Himmler, they love castles. They like the, the insignia. Mm-hmm. We're just doing the gist here, so we don't even talk about that for a long period of time. But a lot of them did believe that these mystical items, these relics, mm-hmm. if you could get them, you could convince the public that you have a place. Mm-hmm. So you go back to like the 800s, mm-hmm. the leaders there are saying if you get a spear, you can tell people that you were anointed by God. Mm-hmm. And even in 1930s, mm. they're still thinking if you can get things like the spear, the Holy Grail, mm. these things make us legitimate when we're bigger than just mm-hmm. the German president. Mm. We are the rulers of the world because God has anointed us. Yep. So they take Austria mm-hmm. in something called the Anschluss and he's meant to give this giant speech, Hitler. And mm. he's, if you've ever seen the footage of Hitler riding in the back of a Mercedes, mm. they're driving and it's that famous footage where all the streets of Vienna, they're all hiling Hitler yeah. and he's driving and he's meant to go and give a speech, mm. but he deviates his car and they're waiting for him to give a talk. And they're like, where's the Fuhrer going? Mm. The Fuhrer went to the museum, the same museum that he went to in 1909 when he was a young boy. Uh-huh. And now that he had Austria in his hand and he was the ruler of Austria, he got his SS soldiers and uh-huh. said, break down the doors of the museum. He goes into the museum yeah. and he takes control of the spear. Uh-huh. He grabs the spear and then he says, now we're ready to take over the world. Are there photos of this? He, ha- I don't know. There's no photos of him uh-huh. taking it, but they get the spear. They put it in one of those Indiana Jones crates. Get out. It goes back to Nuremberg. Yeah. And finally, don't forget that the people from Nuremberg were like, the spear was taken by these fucking mm. Viennese mm. who promised they'd return to it. So Hitler's like, hey, we have the spear again. <laughs> so the first, our Reich was mm. ruined mm. because we, we lost our power. Uh-huh. They took our spear. Hitler gets the spear back and uh-huh. sends it to Nuremberg. He builds a bunker for all the stolen art. Uh-huh. He puts the spear back in there. Mm. And then they're off. Mm-hmm. And they're running mm. and they do these ceremonies where they, they march and they show the spear and they're like, we have the power. Germany, do not be afraid because uh-huh. God will look after us. We are going to build this Reich. It will last because we hold the spear. We've got the stick. Amazing that that worked, even in the 30s. Yeah. But it's astonishing to me that think about that kid in 1909. He's a poor, homeless painter. Mm. He sees a spear. He says it talks to him. Quite astonishing mm. that somehow he gets into the position where he takes over Austria. Now he has the spear. Mm. He's able to get it out of the glass. That's what you get for having one of those signs that says no touching. He's mm. like, oh, we'll fucking see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we, will, we will see yeah. who touches what. So question, do yes. you believe that he was really telling people this story and had that experience, that hallucination back 
the first time that he saw the spear or do you think this is a story that he made up later when he was already in power it's, and found out I about think the it's spear? hard to know because obviously when he's dead, a lot of people write books and mm. if you sell any story like this, people are going to buy it, aren't mm. they? I think it was a guy called Ravenscroft. He wrote a book called mm-hmm. The Spear of Destiny mm-hmm. and another guy called Stein, who I think was Jewish, mm-hmm. And he and Hitler would go to the museum together, but they would talk a lot about this. And he says Hitler would talk to me about the spear, influencing most of his life and changing his direction. Uh-huh. Now, keep in mind, I went to look at the spear just like Adolf Hitler did. <laughs> <laughs> so it was an interesting experience for me where I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to go watch the spear. Mm. And I did have this feeling where I was like, will it talk to yeah. me? <laughs> like you're a little bit, even as a skeptic, I was thinking, what if it What if it asks me to do something? Didn't work out so great with the painter, maybe the stand-up comic. Maybe, is- <laughs> exactly. I'm just this <laughs> poor comedian yeah. with nothing to do in Vienna on a day off. What if the Spears like, hello there, young comedian. <laughs> <I've been laughs> Australia has lost its way. Finally. <laughs> Grab me. <laughs> but I looked at it and it was like, I did stare at it for so long and I was like, come on, nothing. And I'm like, I'm a fucking loser. <laughs> the spear can sniff it out. It knows I wouldn't have the carry through. And I, you did so, I, you do actually think about that. You're like, oh fuck, I'm just not. I guess I'm not the leader type. <sighs> so you did. I didn't. I didn't. I did nothing for me, but I did look at it for a while. And in fact, I got to the museum five minutes before closing time, mm. and I, I did seem a bit of a neo-Nazi because I ran into the Schatzkammer and there's a lady there. And I was like, hello, is the spear still here? <laughs> and you can see she's like hitting a button under the table like, oh, no, another one, oh. neo-Nazi. <laughs> Alert. So Hitler has the spear. Mm. Blitzkrieg, mm. aka lightning war, astonishing battles. Mm. So once again, the people who believe this kind of mythic bullshit think, holy shit, this this small nation against mm. the world, they're doing so well. Mm. They've taken France so quickly. They've broken through the Maginot line. We had no idea that they had the ability to do this. Mm. And this spear thing is is legit. Yeah. I mean, they're wielding this. These are the occultists. They're yeah. wielding this. They've got great power. Now, obviously, the war turns. Mm. And in 1945, mm. when Nuremberg is taken over by the Allies, there's a guy called Lieutenant Horn, Lieutenant mm. Walter Horn, and he's... Um, a radio operator, uh-huh. and he speaks German, and he taps in to some captured prisoners talking. Uh-huh. And the SS soldiers, and the SS soldiers are talking about some special items uh-huh. that the Fuhrer would like them to move. Mm-hmm. One of those items is the Spear of Destiny. Uh-huh. It's in the Nuremberg chamber, and they've been told that they have to move them. So they get taken into a room and interrogated, and one of them says, okay, I'll take you, I'll take you to the vault. Uh-huh. So they break in. This is the Americans, and they find this crate and they open it up, and there's the Spear of Destiny. Uh-huh. It's hidden in Nuremberg. That day was the 30th of April, 1945. Uh-huh. The spear is given to General Patton. Uh-huh. Hey, we've got this. We need to return it. Uh-huh. Three hours later, Adolf Hitler shot himself in the head in the bunker. <gasps> Shut up. Which I was like, what? No. The same day that the Americans took control of the spear, Adolf Hitler, Hitler killed himself. And I've always been like, did someone relay? They've got the spear. Yes, the Russians had closed in. He was completely mad. He's a drug addict at this point. He's living in the bunker and so he'd rather kill himself than be captured. Mm. But what if someone said, we've lost the spear? And he was like, then there's no point carrying on because he believed in the legend. And he said, and he knew like Charlemagne, Mm. like Barbarossa, that if you hold it, you win. Mm. If you drop it, you lose. And he thought, well, as a believer in the occult, I better do the honourable thing. It's all done. And end it. What kind of fanatic would I be if I didn't follow If I didn't follow rules. through yeah. with the rules of the spear. Yeah. And when I heard that at the museum, I 
I basically sat there next to the, uh, I just was looking at it for ages and I thought, fuck, like that is quite impressive to me. Mm. And there's families walking through the museum and they're not paying attention. You know, you know when you walk through a museum as a family mm. on a European vacation, you're like, mm. fuck me, we've seen the Louvre, this mm. is a bit, like we've done it. <laughs> there was these families walking past and they just looked at the spear for like two seconds and they're like, oh, yeah. And I was like this, hey! <laughs> I was like, you got it! There's a real story about this thing, man. Yeah. Hitler killed himself because he lost possession of that and it, the only reason that it's here is because some American found it mm. and brought it back to the museum in the Hofburg. I was like, you've got to read this book and they were, you could see the family were like, oh, fucking... <laughs> Let's get away from this psychotic Nazi. Security? Security. I'm like, hey, I'll just, I'll give you the gist of it. They're like, we're not interested. Go away. We don't want to hear about your spear. But that is to me, that is my bizarro World War II story, which I didn't, having learnt about World War II, I'd never even heard the spear existed. Yeah. Now, it pops up in the movie Constantine with Keanu Reeves. Mm. Hellboy. Mm. It's in some movies like Hellboy. I'd never heard of it before. And so I thought as a lover of Indiana Jones, mm that that is the Indiana Jones movie that I want to see made. Yes. I want to see Indiana Jones Number five. and some hot Nazi archaeologist mm. fight over the Spear of Destiny. Yeah. So that is my tale of the Spear of Destiny. Any questions? That, that was, was amazing. a very unexpected <laughs> twist at the end. I, why did he let it out of his sight? I thought he would have wanted to have it with him mm. 24 hours a day. Mm. Well, Sleep with it by the bed. There's a, you know that guy Himmler, mm. one of his, he was like, he was off the fucking deep end. He was like the the occultist priest, head of the SS, Eve, like, I mean, they're all evil, but he mm. was fucking, he had replicas of it around his bed. Mm-hmm. And as many say he believed in it way more than Hitler. Like by the end, apparently Hitler lost faith in the, uh, realistically, apparently he lost faith in a lot of the occult stuff and was yeah. like, this is fucking nonsense. Wasn't really working out for him. And it's costing yeah. us, you know, uh, and the, the other thing about the spear is like, there's actually a documentary about it. They've tested it mm. with proper science now to work out where it doesn't actually come from. Because that's where I, I was like, well, is it actually from the crucifixion? Yeah, yeah. So they carbon dated it. Yeah. And the spear actually was from the 800s. Okay. <laughs> so it was 800. This is interesting. Mm. 800 years further on than when mm. they said. But the nail mm. that Constantine's mother put in there is from the time that Christ was alive. Okay. And there's also five other spears now where there's the one in Vienna, which I saw, which didn't talk to me. Mm -hmm. And then there's one in Rome, there's one in Poland, and there's one in Armenia, Uh and they all claim they're the real one. (laughs) And the the only one that's been tested is the one in Vienna. The one that Hitler owned. The one that Hitler owned. Which we know is a fake. And would you like to hear the final twist of this story? Yes. In the 1970s, an SS soldier came out and said, <laughs> you'll think you have the spear, mm. but that was a plant. We knew, <laughs> we knew that you would take our relics, yeah. but to build a new Reich, the Fourth Reich, we have hid all of the relics around the world and the true spear is in a submarine which was sunk near Florida in the United oh. States. <laughs> So that is the Indiana Jones movie. There is a, some redneck in Florida, which I like to believe it's got, it's washed up on the beach in Miami or Fort Lauderdale. It's like, what's it? Got? I got this fucking spear. And he will be the president of the United States. That'll be the next Donald Trump is some redneck who holds a spear. And the Americans would believe that. that. Yeah, I just stabbed a gator with this. <laughs> 
So that's what I believe. If you ask me what the next hundred years of history, because yeah. the spear has been going for this long. It's not like humans get smarter. Yeah. Technology moves on, but we still have this strange mythic belief. Mm. If the spear washes ashore and someone wields it, particularly in a God-fearing country like the United yeah. States, I truly believe that they could convince the <sighs> Christian nation that it is their right to rule. So if you're Ron DeSantis and you're running, I was just going to say 2024, get about you, to get that much more interesting. Get yourself a spear. Get, <laughs> even if it's a replica, because it doesn't matter if it's real, we know it's all bogus. But if at the next debates, Joe Biden is talking <laughs> and he's just like, you know, we're going to give him hell. Yeah. Uh, uh, we're going we're gonna to give a paid parental leave. And then Ron DeSantis just goes, that's interesting. How about this? <laughs> and he pulls out a spear and he just points it at the camera and he goes, we have the right to rule. Yeah. Oh, God. I'll vote for that, man. Depressing thought. <laughs> it's a depressing thought. Where did you first hear about this story? This, okay, so someone someone gave me a book called Nazis and the Occult when mm. I was like, I don't know, 21. Mm. It was like a Christmas present. It was like, someone was like, you'd like this. And I'm like, in what way do you think I'll like this? And they're like, yeah, it's just like crazy stories about like, you know, Hitler believing in things like the cup of life and the Ark of the Covenant. And then there was this bit about the spear and I was, Interested in it. And then mm. when I was in Vienna, mm. I was like, oh, oh I'll go see it. Mm. And now I've, it's ruined my bar chat for at least a year. Mm. I'm like four pints in to people. And I'm like, how's this spear? Have a look at it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you reckon? <laughs> Thank you so much for oh, your yeah. time. Where can everyone find you? Oh, I'm usually just on Instagram. Yep. Uh, a bit of Amos Gill. You mm -hmm. see me there. I don't tweet. Um, yeah, just find me on Instagram or yep. YouTube. Come to a show. I'm at the Adelaide Fringe and the Perth Fringe this year. So if you if you hear this and you thought this was mildly okay, um, come see a show. We will there be absolutely no uh, holy relic chat. We will let you go. All right. No, thank you very much. Have for a fantastic me. Christmas, New Year's. Um, look forward to Rosie being back. Yes, shouldn't be too much longer. Just pass on my best. Will do. All right. Of course. Cheers. See ya. Bye. Hey, Gisners, there is more to come next week. We've got another story to serve up for you. Here's a little nibble of it. Have a taste. I mean, she's never said, you yeah. know, I am in an open relationship, but there's a lot of things that can be interpreted as right. her saying that. Right. Plus the fact that she talks about being such a sexual person, but mm. then going eight months of the year without seeing her husband, it's sort of like, well, mm. there's clearly some sort of I wanted to, at the very beginning, when you talked about her conversation with him about that, I was like, maybe she should have lyrics like, my hymen can say hi to any man. <laughs> 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 Sorry. She's already written a book of dollyisms, but that can go into volume two. In fact, that can be the title. <laughs> go on to the more serious things. Brilliant. Listener.